Hello there, this is Jason Dees, and this is the Think Through It podcast. Think Through It exists to help people think through the big questions of life and culture. On the Think Through It podcast, we'll be talking with friends, cultural influencers, and forward thinkers about the things that all of us need to be thinking about. Today, we're going to be talking about choosing the best education for your children. There is a debate between a lot of parents I know about the best option for education. This is especially true, I feel, among Christian parents who feel the weight not only of their child's education, but also who feel the weight of discipling their children or raising their children to love the Lord. Should parents send their children to public schools? Will they be connected with their local community and potentially be a light for the gospel, but may not receive the best education or an education that is not in line with Christian beliefs? Should Christians send their children to private schools where the teaching may be in line with their beliefs and may be excellent, but comes at a great cost, and that may not be in the local community? Or should parents homeschool where you have complete control of your child's education, but of course, this is also a great sacrifice. This is a great thing to think about, so thank you for joining me, along with Paige Dees, a public school mom, Aaron Glover, a private school mom, and Lauren Papa, a homeschool mom, as we think through it. Well, ladies, it's so great to have each of you on the Think Through It podcast. Um, I uh, we were just talking that all of us, uh, as we talk about this important subject, all of us, all four of us, grew up in public schools, uh, which was a good experience for us. So, how was that experience for you, Paige? I mean, it was good for me in the sense that I'm I'm glad that I went to public school, but I didn't become a Christian until my senior year of high school. So, I don't know. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was bad. <laughs> but how about I you, Aaron? It. I mean, how? I mean, it was it was a good experience. Arab City Schools. Albertville. Albertville. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I mean, Albertville City Schools. That was your only option. Yeah. Or is it was it a whole county system there in no, Albertville? It was Albertville. Albertville City. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Lauren. I loved it. Um, I had when I think back, I had you know probably a dozen teachers who were incredibly passionate about what they did and really cared about us as students. I had great friends. I was involved in a lot of stuff, and I loved it. I had a great experience. Okay, so let's start with you, Lauren, since you loved public school so much, and now you're homeschooling your children. How and why did you make this decision to send them to homeschool or to homeschool? Well, it's interesting. The reason I initially made the decision and why I can have continued to do it are two completely different things. Initially, my husband was traveling a lot, probably 200, 250 days out of the year doing music. And so in order for us to do anything with him, to participate in what he was doing on the road, it was like, sure, I can teach, I can teach my oldest daughter ABCs and one, two, threes and, you know, basic kindergarten stuff. That's not a big deal, but I've kept doing it because Number one, I really love being with my kids. So you didn't have this vision. No, 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 no. When you were like in college, I'm going to homeschool my kids. Absolutely not. Okay. So my my parents were both in education and I graduated saying, I will do anything. I will never be a teacher. I I just, I didn't want to be in the classroom teaching. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny that I, it's basically what I do now. (laughs) You're you're a teacher and you know, you don't have an insignificantly small classroom because yep. you, got, you got a ton of kids. Yep. 
So, Teaching three grade levels is hard. And it's, it's about really to be hard. like five grade levels. Yep. So that's impressive. Okay, Aaron, why and how did you guys make the decision to send your kids? And, and when y'all were in Montgomery, you were also at a private school. Was that true? When we were in Birmingham was when Caitlin was starting kindergarten. Okay. And um, I guess she was enrolled in public school because I was teaching in public school. And my husband got a job in Montgomery, and that's when we moved. And really was the only option you had. Um, was not any really good public school options. Um, and so it was either homeschool or private school. And I am a teacher and could not homeschool. <laughs> it's just the funny thing. But, um, and so it was kind of like that's just where our path was led. But I do see, you know, now that my oldest is a ninth grader, that that was exactly where we needed to go. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, and then moving to Atlanta, you know, it, it was an intentional decision. We're going to stay in private school. We're going to seek out a private school that's fit for our family. I mean, how did that decision go? That was where they came from a small private school in Montgomery. So there are great options here, but they were just used to that small environment. And with such a big move, both being in middle school, we just felt like that's the way we needed to continue on. Mm-hmm. All right, Paige, you know, you know, obviously, I guess I was a part of this decision. So how did, <laughs> how did, how and why did we choose to send our kids to public school? Well, I think for me, I've always had a heart for high school kids. And out of that kind of grew with the fact that like, um, because I was not a believer in high school, I wanted to share Christ with high school kids that were struggling, um, specifically public school kids. I was helping them kind of navigate through that time in life. And then when I started having little kids myself, um, I think that maybe finances might have had done, might have been a little bit of that reason. I mean, you know, <laughs> the as fin- a uh, yeah, <laughs> finances might as be some a participant of it. in that decision, it was definitely a yeah. reason. So finances, I would definitely say I'm not a homeschool mother, so I knew that was out of the question. And then the next thing is, is I really just felt like this was my mission ground. Like this is where the Lord wanted me to be to share the light of Christ, and so that's. Um, yeah. So, so pros, I mean, we talk about pros and cons of public and private school. So for public school, one of the pros, I mean, as a Christian, you would say is connection to people that don't know the Lord. Definitely. I would say a pro is definitely connecting, especially with me being a pastor's wife. I could, I could very easily surround my world with only Christian people. And so for me, I've got to be very intentional about getting out in the world and and loving on people that don't know Christ. I can't share the light of Christ if I'm not in a place to you know shine the light. And so that was a big thing for me because you know, as we all know, our kids spend a lot of time in the in the school and then eventually as they get older they have more activities and you get more involved in getting to know the parents. I knew this would be a great way for me to rub shoulders with people that don't know the Lord. So I would say that was probably one of the big things. The next thing is, is I really wanted my kids to be around a lot of diversity. Um, I wanted them to be around people that weren't just like them. And so for me, I loved 
the public school because it does offer that. And um, my kids have got a lot of different friends that are not raised up exactly like them. Now, what about cons? What about the cons is the you downside. have a lot of kids that are not like your kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so their parents are of different religions. So they're hearing things from kids that, you know, I mean, the sex talk is probably going to be have to, we're going to have to probably address that at an earlier age. It is interesting. Yeah. So I talked to parents about like how we're already starting to kind of have the sex talk and like Emory is in first grade and um, people are like, Oh, that's so early. And their kids are like way older. I'm like, you have to, I mean, this is like, they're already talking about it, but I yeah. guess it's these parents maybe are, you know, more homeschool, private school. So I'm interested to hear that kind of uh, perspective with you. So yeah, they're yeah. exposed to more things. Yeah. You don't really control their exposure to things. The fear is, is, you know, is Emriana going to become best friends with kids that don't know the Lord and, and are going to be a bad influence to her. That is the risk that I'm taking um, with her going to a school with a bunch of kids that are of very different backgrounds. All right, private school, you are in a private Christian school. And so obviously it's an controlled, smaller environment. Um, what are the great pros there? I think the biggest pro would be that it's the community. It's kind of like your, you know, your, your church family. Mm -hmm. It's a small, intimate community that's like-minded. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, all of my children's friends were all reaching for the same goal, is that our children walk with the Lord. Um, so you, when that comes, that plays in part when your friendships, dating, all of, of that. But also, the school, I feel, is kind of like a church, where it's in they partner with you to give your kids that biblical worldview. And it even like when you when it talks about like sex education, they have a biblical worldview starting in middle school of what sex really looks like. Mm -hmm. as a, you know, Which you're not going to get in the public school. No, mm -mm. no. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, I mean, like just just the small, intimate, everything yeah. is seen like what about, it's Christ centered. So. What about cons? It's not cheap, which <laughs> we talked about. Um, but I also do worry about my children being in, I guess, what you would call a Christian bubble, too, mm -hmm. whereas they know the right things to say, they know their faith, but they don't have an opportunity to defend it as much as you would in a, you know, a public school. So, you know, that that's one of my fears is that can they defend their faith? How about you, Lauren? Pros, cons of the homeschooling? Um, Okay, so well, I'll first speak to like the sex talk. I've already had that talk with my kids, and I have fourth grader, third grader, first grader. Not with my first grader yet. Um, they came across that a totally different way. Funny enough, my oldest was reading um, a scripture in the Old Testament, oh. and that's how that's how that's, that's how, how your that kids learn about sex when you're about. homeschooling, guys. Yeah, it was it was a the story, Bible. It was the story of Lot. So you know that was a really fun one to mm, unpack. Yeah, it's a tough one to start uh, with with a seven year old. Yeah. at the time, but pros I would say I love our morning time 
so our one of the things I hated as a kid was our mornings felt so stressed and so rushed. Oh, the mornings and it was are just, rushed. It was just in the, the nature. It's just world. the nature of the beast. Like my mom was amazing, and she made it all happen. But like everything was hurried, just because it had to be. And so I love at home. You know, we I make breakfast. Sometimes my second born she loves to like do stuff like that. So she'll make breakfast for us. When we lived in Tennessee, we had a time that we called Wisdom and Wonder, and usually over a meal, um, my husband would play like a, you know, a, a really good piece of classical music, or we would read a, read some poetry together, and so we would start our day. We haven't gotten back into that rhythm since we moved, but that was one of my favorite rhythms that we had, mm-hmm. and we could do that because our mornings were a little bit slower. I love the flexibility of, you know, we can... I can add a, a day on here and instead take off a day during the week to go do, you know, a fun activity or a field trip or something. Um, but my two major wins for pros are life responsibility. So just the things that they're learning in our house about having to be responsible for themselves, how to do their own laundry. Um, how one thing that we talk about a lot is going above and beyond. So whenever you walk into a setting, being able to look and not just take take care of your own stuff, but what could I do to be a blessing to make this space better for everybody else because we're on top of each other all the time. And then um, also I I love that. So we, I, we have five kids. Um, there's a seven and a half year gap between our youngest and our oldest, and they don't understand the concept of of ageism. Like yeah. of of not like grade you're, you're and younger. hierarchy. Yes, and, there's, yeah. there there is not that. Like because they're learning so much together, and so what I've found is when they go into other situations, whether it's at church or on the playground or whatever, it's not like oh I can't play with that kid because they're two years younger than me. Like they're happy to bring anybody and everybody in and play together without this mentality of you're younger so you're less than me or that person's older so I'm not as good as them mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah That's good. yeah everybody's welcome everybody's welcome and you know I mean our daughter is younger than your oldest daughters and she feels like they're just like all chummy mm-hmm. so that's I yeah. definitely see that in your kids okay so when I was a kid like homeschool kids were like the weird kids you know like in our church there always be like a couple of homeschool kids and like everybody like, yeah, you know, they're socially awkward. They, you know, weren't that good at making friends. They didn't have a lot of the shared experiences that like all the rest of us, you know, had of like, we all knew this same teacher. We all like played for the same coach or whatever. So do, does that feel like a threat to you as a homeschool mom that like your kids may not be able to connect with other kids in the same kind of cultural way? Or how do you combat that? Or... Yeah, how do you think about that? Uh, I think so much of it is who you are as a, as a parent. Um, if you, I think you have to know yourself. If you tend to be um, more introverted in general, then you're going to bring that into your homeschool, and that's that's great because that is a, you know that's going to be a strength of yours. But you have to maybe work a little bit harder to get your kids out to do stuff. Me, on the other hand, I. I'll go up and talk to anybody. So that sort of feeds into who we are in the culture of our homeschool is, you know, we're going to make friends wherever we go. We're going to jump in. Like if we go to the pool, if we go to the park, if we, you know, are at the aquarium, like I'm always telling them like, you know, go meet people, go ask questions, learn from the people around you. So I, 
I mean, I will say, though, 25 years ago, when there was that whole stigma with the way homeschool kids were, there were it was also a very different culture back then. And so there has been such a resurgence in homeschooling that the resources and the communities that are available for you to connect with are, I mean, there's such an abundance of them. So you don't have to be out there on your own, you know, raising really awkward children. There's, there's plenty of ways for you to, (laughs) well, there's a lot of, I mean, I feel like there's more homeschoolers today than there was. I mean, at least that's, I mean, a lot of our great friends, they homeschool. So, I mean, there's a lot of, it seems like that community is finding one another. It's not just this isolated group of folks, you know? So, I mean, when I was, uh, a kid, Aaron, like the private school kids, they were always like the rich kids that weren't in touch with like the rest of the world. Um, that, you know, they were like a privileged class that didn't really understand like, you know, real humanity. And I'll say this, like as a public school kid, you know, we all know this, like every phase of your life, we were all public school kids, like my most diverse friendships, like for example, on Facebook, my most diverse friendships aren't the friends that I made in seminary, right? They're all like preachers that love Jesus. It's the friends that I had like in high school or middle school or whatever. And so they, there's different worldviews and races and all these uh, diversities represented. So, I mean, does that feel like a threat to you as a parent? And how, how do you overcome that? I would say that was would be one of the cons of a private school was not so much diversity is like you know um i think moving to atlanta has helped that because we are just being in a more diverse city more diverse city yeah especially from coming from a small town in alabama i mean that's that's helped greatly um a lot of eye-opening things when we moved here that we kind of had to touch base on that they didn't see um I, I mean, I just, you know, I think that they get diversity from church. I feel like that we try to um, get them out, let them see the world, to know that it's not just, you know, the way we live, the way other people Yeah, this live. community yeah, is yeah, not the way that the whole world is, yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's right. an intentional, and really every community, there is some tight-knitness that it's good to get out. And, well, you take your kids on mission trips too, which I, I've highly respected. Yeah, how, how, is, how has that been important? I mean, I know y'all are leading the trip to Haiti this year. Y'all go to Haiti every year with your kids. How many years have y'all gone now? This will be my fifth trip. How has that Andrew's been helpful? Andrew's gone twice. Caitlin's gone three times. Um, and that was one of the, the first things that I showed them when we got to Haiti was we got to the orphanage and I said, I mean, these kids, this is all they have. I mean, you know, I wanted them to see other kids out there that don't have, you know, mm-hmm. anything. Um, and so I feel like they have seen the world through that, mm-hmm. and they do get a better view of, you know, what people besides their little bubble are like. Mm-hmm. And then that's one of the reasons why I were intentional on doing that. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, on, the, on the diversity note, I did grow up in public school all the way. I mean, kindergarten through twelfth grade, and but I grew up in a in a small town in South Georgia, so there was no diversity. I mean, a few African American students, but really it was like middle class white kids. So and I, that shared I did a common not, worldview. Shared yeah. a common worldview. Yes, like everybody went to church. Yeah, and so I I didn't have diversity in the public school system. So it was different than you know 
what you would get in a public school in Atlanta or yeah, in, you sure. know, even Huntsville. Yeah, it was just more of an urban context, a little bit different. So Paige, you know, the big threat to us, I mean, we're, we're sending our kids out there as sheep among wolves. They got all these teachers that don't share our values. I mean, do you, I mean, do you not fear that like Imran is going to come home one day and be like, this theism stuff is bogus and this, you know, my teachers think it's ridiculous and all the other kids in my school, they, they, nobody believes this. And so, you know, how, why do you, and what do you do to combat that? Yeah. Well, I was telling the girls earlier, um, before you came in that first of all, it has to be a calling, you know, as a parent, I feel like we are called to take our kids to public school, but it also, another thing, um, that's very important is, you know, I can't just send my kids to church on Sunday and and hope that they do a good job of discipling them. Like the two of us have to really be intentional about discipling our kids in the home to make sure that every day when they go into the public school, they are getting equipped by God's word and prayer and encouragement. So, for example, I have a I've started a mom's prayer group at our at our school because I think we're better together. That's my phrase. We're better together. And so I have found intentionally a bunch of mothers, not a bunch, but 25 moms that we, that we meet once a month and we pray over our kids, our school, our administration. So that helps me out tremendously, knowing that I've got other mothers out there that are praying for my kid and for their kids. And then also, you know, I'm just what I'm doing is I'm looking and seeing how I can be used by God in our public school system. So the other thing that I've saw, I saw is that there's a need for a Bible club after school and it was already happening, but it was, there was very low attendance. So I talked to all the moms in prayer and said, Hey, let's get our kids to be a part of this. I'll even help with the volunteers. Let's get snacks. Let's help with the snacks. And in the process of it, we went from 17 kids to 54 kids just because of us getting rallying behind it and getting excited about it. So I'm just seeing that this is a scary world that I'm putting my child in. And I, I have, I'm not trying to be naive by any means and say, oh, you know, they'll be okay. They go to church on Sunday. I'm like, no, I've got to be intentional in every way possible I can by morning devotionals as a family to, you know, moms and prayer groups to Bible clubs, all these different things that I am trying to do to really bring about um, just a, a better environment for our kids. So let's talk about the role of disciple making and, you know, the church, right? So, I mean, obviously we are all committed to our local church and we're all committed to the fact that God has called us to be disciple makers of our children. And so how does our school decision weigh into that? Or how do we do those things? Or, you know, how do we understand church? How do we understand our disciple making role within the context of what we're doing? So um, I'll just say with you, Paige, I mean, so what does that look like for you? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, your kids, we can't expect the public school to be discipling our kids for us. And so, you know, how do you combat that how do you are intentional? And you just listed some of the ways. But. Yeah. I think another thing that's been a goal of mine is 
as mothers, we tend to get nervous and scared when something hard happens to our child. Let's say they come home and they say a cuss word, or let's say they come home and the teacher, they've got a bad teacher, or there's someone in the school that's mean to them, those kind of things. And, you know, and I think a lot of time my nature is to protect her from that kind of stuff. And so, but what I'm learning, and I think Paul Tripp is the one that talked about this, is that when our kids are exposed to something that is sinful, or if they're going through a struggle, to really use that opportunity to disciple them. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Instead of freaking out as a mother and going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they learned this cuss word in classroom from this kid. I'm gonna pull them out, I'm gonna pull them out. Instead saying, okay, <laughs> this is a great opportunity for me to talk to Emriana and say, look, here's the difference between their worldview and our biblical worldview. And those moments are the best moments of discipling our kids. And I want those moments to happen under, under my, while they're under under my, right. And not only while they're under my care, but they're also, I'm still very influential in a life, in their life. I don't know if in high school, they're going to care as much about what I say as they do in first and second grade. And so I feel like this is an opportunity where I can say these things and they're getting it and they're absorbing it and they're understanding and they're processing it. And so I'm as much as I want to cringe, I really want these opportunities to happen often so that I can be disciple my kids on what it looks like allows for discipleship to be a disciple in this world and how to filter through those things. That's good. All right, Aaron. So, you know, obviously you said Whitfield is a great partner in your role as a disciple maker, but obviously it's not solely their decision. So how how do you think through kind of with the uh, private school, Christian private school kind of setting, how do you think through disciple making of your own children? I mean, I think that totally falls on Chris and I. I mean, like this, our responsibility to make sure that we are discipling our kids, that we are teaching, you know, God's word, that we are, um, you know, when they do have hard times. And I mean, kids are kids. It doesn't matter what school they go to. They learn cuss words. That's right. They have So if your kids get to be 18 and they're not well discipled, you won't say, we wasted all that money at Whitfield. You'll realize, no, actually, it was my responsibility and I didn't. My my hope is that what they're hearing from us at home is being echoed at school. Yeah, that's good. And so they're like, oh, maybe my mom and dad are not crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is a reason for the things partnership. that they keep yeah, telling. Right, yeah. So it's a partnership. It's mm-hmm. not, um, that's one of the ways we chose to disciple our kids was mm-hmm. a, you know, if we were going to invest in a private school, we wanted a truly authentic Christian private school mm-hmm. so that they were getting that benefit from it. Where do you find yourselves like having to fill in the gaps a little bit? Like, I mean, you know, so maybe outreach is one of those areas that you have to be extra intentional about. Or what What are those areas that you're like, you know what, as we think about what does it mean to disciple our kids? You know, Paige is saying we could talk about language because, you know, we have this opportunity. And I'm not saying, I mean, you know, I'm, I know this is no news, like kids at Christian private schools use bad language too. And so, um, and so, but, but there's some opportunities that we can have just because our kids are being exposed to people from different worldviews, how do you like fill in those gaps um, with Whitford? How have you how got, have you guys done that? I think outreach would be one of the biggest. I don't think that they have, like I said earlier, probably as much of an opportunity as I feel like your kids will page 
in a public school to, I mean, I'm sure that you've, the years have had to defend like that God is real, you know, like mine just think that everybody believes God is real, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I think that I have to talk about that, that there are people out there that need to hear the word. There are people out there that don't believe like we do. Mm-hmm. And just keeping that at the and forefront keep, yes. of your mind. Mm-hmm. All right, Lauren. Now, again, it seems like homeschool, like your homeschooling, like discipleship is easy because you're doing it. You're the person. So what does that look like in your setting? Do you find, do you need more partners in this? Is that the, is that something that you long for? Or, I mean, I think the benefit is kind of obvious, but maybe talk to us about, you know, both how do you think about disciple making and you know how what are, what are the holes there that that maybe you're missing out on um i think i so what it looks like in our home some some big pieces are uh my kids start their day by copying reading scripture and copying scripture and that's something that we've done since they were in first grade and that's part of their schoolwork um, when they're little it has to do with like them looking at a board and copying it down like that skill Um, but I want everything that they're inputting to be good, solid things that they're, you know, that we're sowing scripture into their minds and their hearts. Um, but I think the, and this is kind of a pro and a con, but for better or for worse, they see the best and the worst of me, Mm. right? Because we're together in a very small space all day, every day. (laughs) And so... Um, so yes, like for instance, last week, my oldest came to me and said, I'm done with school. I know everything I need to know and I'm done. And I was like, okay, we're starting our week like this. (laughs) Here we go. And so for the next, I mean, there were, there was frustration, there was yelling, there were tears, there were all the things. And it ended with the two of us, like on our knees in the floor, like where we do school, having this moment of like, okay, she's bringing her frustrations, I'm bringing my frustrations, and us just crying together and saying, we love each other, mm. <laughs> you know? And, awesome. and And what I was able to do is hear from her, this is what I'm frustrated about. This, like, it's not actually that she thinks she knows everything, you know? it's She's the oldest child, and so she carries a burden that the other kids don't carry in terms of responsibility and leadership and... Um, and so moments like that happen probably more often for me because I'm with them all the time. And so I see the little tweaks in their attitude and the way they're responding to each other and the way they're responding to the tasks that are being given to them. And I can speak into those moments. But also for me, I need my church family. I cannot give them everything they need. I should not try to give them everything that they need. And so I I lean heavily on the relationships that we're building at church. I love bringing my kids up here to the office and letting them just talk to people who are out here working, you know, because like, because like I said, I can't, um, I'm not a one man show. It takes a village. And so that's where the local church is a, is a really big piece for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So speaking of the church, it seems like there's like homeschool churches and like public school churches you know, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of division in the church over whatever you choose. You know, even, you know, th- there sounds like in friend groups where there's like, oh, those that's the homeschool crowd or that's the public school crowd. And so 
How do you combat that? Because I think each group can kind of be a little self-righteous, right? And so like the homeschool could be like, well, of course we care the most about discipleship because we're homeschooling we're with our kids all the time. The public school will be like, well, we care the most about like outreach because, you know, obviously we don't want these lost people to have, not have a Christian witness. Private school is like, well, we care the most about our kids of, of anybody because we're partnering with these amazingly gifted people and we're willing to make the financial sacrifice to do it. So how do we avoid like this kind of division that exists in the church and self-righteousness that exists uh, or that, that can pop up in the church? I mean, I think to me, this is, 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 it's read your Bible and obey what God says. Yeah. I mean, in humility, consider one another better, better than yourselves. You you don't, I don't know everything. I'm not getting it all right. None of us are getting it all right. And so I think when you start from a posture of humility of saying, you know, I'm, I'm not responsible for what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Like I have a calling, like I have a, I, I seek the Lord. I ask for the spirit's guidance and, and I hope and encourage my friends to do the same. I'm not trying to get them to do the same thing that I'm doing. Like, I'm hoping that they're pushing me to say, are you following the leading of the Holy Spirit as you pursue whatever type of education it is? You know, and I think that it's such a, there's such a bigger picture of, it's not you make one choice. First of all, that doesn't have to be the same thing that you do for your kid's entire education. You know? Or for each kid. Or for each kid. Yeah. Like it, you have to consider who you are as a family unit. You have to consider what your individual kids' needs are. Um, do they need specialized attention for a certain thing? Are they so gifted off the chart that they are way beyond what you could do for them at home? Or, you know, are they being negatively affected by being in a classroom with 31 kids and they need a smaller environment? I mean, there's so many factors. Mm, that's good. And so I think, I th- I, honestly, I think it comes down to humility. Just honestly. Just and and to add to that, I think what you just said, a calling. I think that's a lot of mm-hmm. what it is, is I really feel called that our family is being called to the public school. And I feel like the Lord is going to use, is going to use us the most in the public school system for his kingdom. And so, I mean, I feel like as I continue to pray and ask God to guide us and the Holy Spirit to guide us, you know, what is it, Lord, that I can do with our lives in such a way in this community that can make the most impact for you? And to me, it's the public school. Um, and so, and for you, it could, it's more likely you're feeling that the Lord's calling you to the homeschool and that you can be extremely impactful on the way that you disciple your kids and send them out into the world. And so I think that's a lot of it is we can't judge each other if ultimately we know and trust that God is calling us individually to different things to, to reach people for his kingdom. Yeah, I think it's the, totally on a family basis and what the family needs because we weren't, we didn't feel a calling to put our kids in private school, but that's just the way we were God led kind of and that's it. where God, yeah. and I totally see his plan in that, you know, now that we're down the road nine years and, and to school, I see that and I, you just, you have to go where you're called and what's best for your family. Lightning round. So just real quick here, we'll start with you, Paige. What advice would you give to a parent that's making this decision? Well, like I just said, I think they need to ultimately go to the Lord and say, what is the best decision for our family specifically that's going to bring about your kingdom work? Um, So... I think that it's, I think it's even a little bit more than just about education. 
I think a lot of parents are so concerned about their child's education and, and how much they learn and did it, all this kind of stuff. And I would say, you know, if Jesus were to be talking to you about your child's education, you know, what would he say? And so a lot of times I think it, it would be like, I want you to be a light for my kingdom. And I want you to find an area in your little world that's going to to bring about my work. So that's what I would say. Aaron, lightning round, what advice would you give? I would definitely say pray and seek the Lord's guidance on it, but also know your children, know what they need and where um, where they need to be. It could be, you know, some in public, some in private, some, you know, but, um, you know, seek advice, but do what's right for your family. Lauren? Um, so I have two things. One is be willing to die to yourself. Uh, we live in a culture, I think especially for moms, it's do whatever you need to do to get your me time. Like, and I'm, and I'm all for rest and pulling away and, you know, seeking the Lord. Um, but as Christians, like we're coming at this from specifically a Christian worldview. And I think as mothers, we have to be ready as women, as Christians, period. We have to be ready to die to ourselves. And that's going to look like different things, no matter what educational option you choose. So number one is die, be ready to die to yourself. And number two is don't make the decision in fear. So many people, when they come to education, they they choose whatever it is. Well, I'm going to homeschool because I'm afraid of what my kids are going to be influenced yeah. by in the public school. Or I am, I'm going to do public school because I'm afraid I would ruin my children. Or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can come, whatever it is, yeah. There's, yeah. there's fear. And you're, you're never going to make a sound choice That's That's, good. That is very when good. you're coming at it from a place. Yeah, don't run away from something, run towards something. Exactly. Yeah. That is, that's good. Well, Lauren, I can affirm you're doing a great job. Your kids are amazing. They are amazing. Aaron, your kids are so amazing. I'm so <laughs> impressed by them. Paige, I'm obviously positive toward your kids too. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. Uh, I think they're great though. And I think you're doing great. <laughs> a great job, probably in spite of your husband, but uh It's been a great conversation. And so for Lauren Papa, Aaron Glover, and Paige Dees, I'm Jason Dees, encouraging you to think through it.